Episode 16 of the Second Thoughts podcast is titled One Word and One Word Only. Unprecedented. Though there are a multitude of other words that could be used to describe this individual that we're going to kick the show off with today. He is a guy who is an icon, a role model, and somebody that I have looked up to and millions of others around the world have looked up to. And after 47 years, he's calling it a career. Congratulations to Doc Emmerich here on Second Thoughts Podcast. Let's go. is the word that I would use to describe hearing that little montage of audio. Thank you to NBC uh, Sports on NHL for for supplying that for us here. And, um, yeah, I mean, I get, I get goosebumps from hearing that. I've listened to it. I've watched it over and over again. I'm the type of guy that, that sheds a tear when seeing heartwarming sports stories, when you hear audio like that, when you watch a team win a Stanley Cup, and not just watch it, but you visualize it, and then you hear it. And that is what Doc Emmerich embraces. That is what he has been known to do. He has been the voice of the National Hockey League. He has covered the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals for some time. And, you know, he'll be what we kick off the show with today. Welcome into the Second Thoughts Podcast. Kyle Grimard here as your host. Make sure you stream on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts online and on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Second Thoughts P. We'll get to a few other topics today, including why Jumbo Joe chose Toronto, Marc-Andre Fleury accepting his role with the Vegas Gold Knights, Matt Dumba evidently still on the block in Minnesota, and the World Junior Hockey Championship scheduled is announced. But I want to get right into this today because Mike Doc Emmerich signing off after a legendary career behind the broadcast booth. He was uh, obviously very well known for his journey with NBC, 
Uh, he was working from home this postseason. He's 74 years of age. He has been covering hockey and broadcasting since 1973. Uh, he started with an American radio station, uh, WHLS. He became the first voice of the New Jersey Devils when the club joined the league prior to the 1982-83 season. He has been the lead voice for NHL games on NBC and NBC Sports since moving to the network almost a decade ago. Um, there are there are so many words you can put into it. The fact that he has done it for nearly uh, half of a century. He is a wordsmith. He is a guy. The reason I start the show off with this today, too, is because... You know, as a broadcaster, as an individual who aspires to do play-by-play announcing, who aspires to do color commentating, analysis, you name it, for, for sports, specifically hockey, Doc Emmerich, who was a voice on EA Sports video games, who was a voice for teams, who was a voice for national broadcasts, the Stanley Cup Finals, he's a big deal to me. He's a big deal to a lot of people. He's a big deal to NHLers who dreamed of having their names called when Doc Emmerich is making the call on a goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Ask Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman was said, it is an honor. I grew up as a kid listening to him and for him to be able to call my name on a goal in the Stanley Cup finals this postseason with Tampa Bay was nothing short of a dream come true. There are many other people who feel that way and people who feel that way about a lot of other broadcasters. In junior, even on your local radio station for your favorite teams, right? I know I, I only know the one in Toronto, but Joe Bowen, right? Leaf fans growing up dreamed of Joe Bowen calling their names when scoring a goal, when making a save for the world, for the, for the area to hear your name called by that individual. Take it a step further with Doc Emmerich. NBC, national game. Right, the, the big games between Chicago and Pittsburgh and Rangers and Washington and, you know, you name it. Doc Emmerich was, was the guy who you wanted calling your name. And then, you know, f- for people who never watched but played the video games, he then became the voice of EA Sports for a few years. And it's all you dreamed of. You'd make a character. The game allows you to, to pick a phrase or a, a name. So Doc Emmerich's calling your name in a video game. And he made a lot of dreams come true. He, uh, he posted a video. You can go watch it. We've shared it up on our uh, Second Thoughts P uh, Instagram page and Twitter. But he talks about his journey from where he started to Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr. Helmets were optional. The game was completely different. He was able to send people off on their careers and welcome in new individuals. It's hard enough to do something for a decade, let alone five He's won six National Emmy Awards for excellence in sports broadcasting. He became the first media member to ever be inducted into the United States Hockey Hall of Fame back in 2011. I shouldn't say ever, but he was the first to do it. Some of my favorite moments, you heard a lot of them there. But, you know, as a second team, you know, you always like cheering for teams in certain situations. And I've always been a fan of Alex Ovechkin. So whenever the Capitals would go on playoff runs, and getting to hear Doc Emmerich call Ovechkin's dueling hat-tricks against Sidney Crosby, his playoff run in 2018. You know, he just when, when the goal horn goes off at the same time and he's got that loud pitch when he says scores, it's uh, 
You get goosebumps. I, 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 if you don't get goosebumps, I'm, I'm, I, I apologize, but that's how I feel watching those. I will watch those. I will watch those those playoff runs where you're hearing the goal calls. Like I just, I just looked up on YouTube, best of Doc Emmerich calls, and it's about a ten and a half minute clip, and it's just him calling all these big national Stanley Cup clinching series winning goals, and. Uh, He's an ambassador of the game, a wordsmith, and a guy a lot of people try to emulate, mask their careers, who look up to as an icon, a hero. And uh, I just, I wanted to start the show off with this today. Um, He's quoted at the end saying uh, a few different things as he looked back and reflected on his career. He said, quote, I hope I can handle retirement okay, especially since I've never done it before. But I've just been extremely lucky for 50 years And NBC has been so good to me, especially since the pandemic when I was allowed to work from home in a studio NBC created. Now into my golden years, this just seemed to be the time that was right. Almost 50 years of excellence. Congrats to you, Doc. Congrats on a a remarkable career and one that no one will forget anytime soon. Uh, I, I had to lead off the show with that today. He is a, uh, he's a, an icon of mine. He is someone that I've looked up to for as long as I can remember. So I appreciate you indulging with me because I know, too, that there are a lot of hockey fans out there who, you know, they get the goosebumps when they hear the calls made of, you know, the, the sports announcers calling their names when they score a goal. And, you know, it just it, it's, it's something you dream of when you're six, seven, you're eight years old. And even now when I'm 25, 26, 27, I still, it still crosses your mind. It doesn't as often, but it still crosses your mind to think, man, that would be, It'd be the coolest thing ever. And, and a bunch of different NHLers reached out and, and just said, thank you on an incredible career. They, they, they were called when he called some of their goals in the, in the Stanley cup playoffs and the finals. And yeah, just it, it, unprecedented only word to, uh, to describe it. Uh, let's get on to some other hockey news here. Uh, so the big news uh, over the weekend, not really big news, but big news. I'm talking about the player, Joe Thornton signing a one year, $700,000 contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people, a lot of networks. I touched on this last episode too, but everyone's saying, where's he going to fit? Jason Spetz is there. Aren't they the same player? Why would you go get the same player? You're not supposed to have two of the same thing. I don't think Edmonton's saying the fact that they have two 50 goal scorers on their team, 200 point players on their team. In the NFL, Kansas City just signed Le'Veon Bell. They've got this rookie. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just ran for like 165 yards against Buffalo. Folks, you cannot have enough of a good thing. There's too much leadership on this team. You ever heard that statement before? It's because it's not true. Tampa Bay had all these X-Factor players. There's too much scoring. Braden Point and Kucherov, you can't have the same guy. They play on the same line. I don't understand the, the, the argument, especially at $700,000. If it was like the Patrick Marlowe deal, when Patrick Marlowe made $6.75 million, yeah, there's probably a little bit more of a problem there. But both him and Jason Spezza are signed at league minimum. Combined, they make $1.4 million. To have that experience, the wisdom, my favorite part about both those guys, and it's an unfortunate part about those guys, so both those guys haven't won a cup. They're trying to end their careers winning a cup. 
Mark my words, if this season, if there's a season that gets played, ends with Toronto hoisting the cup, and I know, laugh it off, whatever. Just saying one of the 32 teams has to win it. One of the 31 teams has to win the cup. Both guys retire. They're not signing one-year $700,000 contracts for the money. They're not signing it to go play in Florida or in Arizona or in Buffalo for a chance to win. They're signing it in Toronto because they legitimately think they have a chance to win. They want to win it there. And you don't think that wisdom is going to rub off some of the younger players? Yeah, but they had Patrick Marlowe, and they had Spezza last year, and they've got Tavares. They're not as vocal. Marlowe wasn't a vocal leader. Marlowe Marlo displayed his leadership by example. Tavares shows his leadership by example. Spezza speaks up a little bit, but what was his big thing last year? Game three against, or game four or whatever against Columbus. Dropped the gloves, got into a fight when they were down 3 nothing. They came back and they won 4-3. Joe Thornton's a vocal leader. If he doesn't like something that someone's doing... He's going to say it. He's not going to humbly sit aside. Let 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 Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews just, yeah, you know, whatever. We make $11 million. No big deal. Like, Joe Thornton is going to smack him. And he's going to be like, I've got more assists than you could count by the time you get to my age. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been to the finals. He's won multiple gold medals championships for Team Canada. He is a guy that is not afraid to speak his mind. He is a guy that is going to impose wisdom, leadership, and he's also a guy, if you remember last year with Toronto, anytime they would just get their their teeth kicked in, they get their tails whipped, their coach would have to do some big, broad gesture or big speech some big movement just to get them to play next game. Now the coach doesn't have to do it as much because Joe Thornton's going to do it. They get whooped 6-2 by Buffalo. Joe Thornton's going to walk in the room after and say, hey, I didn't come here to get my ass kicked by the Buffalo Sabres. I came here to win a cup. I'm busting my ass. If you're making this... You're supposed to be this. You better be working harder than me. You know, and, and on top of all of that, he likes the team. He likes the players. He said it himself. Listen to this. 99% hockey. I think this team, you know, it's, it's, it's a motivated group. Um, it's a young, hungry group. And I think it, you know, has Stanley Cup potential. Um, but, you know, really it's going to be day-to-day. We can't look at the outcome right now. we got to go day-to-day when this whole thing starts. I... <sighs> I love their goalie. I really, really do. Uh, I like Freddie a lot. I think that was, you know, a big part of, um, you know, my decision here. I, I think he's a great goalie. I think that they're, you know, up the middle, they're very, very strong. I think adding TJ Brody on the back end, you know, really, um, you know, solidifies their D. Um, Zach Bogajan coming in, you know, Wayne Simmons. But, you know, the Austin Matthews. The Mitch Marners, the John Tavares's, um, you know, the Willamine, these, you know, the list goes on and on. Zach Hyman, it's, you know, Morgan Riley. It's just, uh, this is a really, really good team. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, it's going to be a great team at the end of this. He's name dropping, guys. 
I'm just giving examples, by the way, of, if, as if the team doesn't play well, what he could provide, right? Because they never really had had a, like a vocal leader like that before. But I, I, I can't imagine this is a bad move. I can't imagine. It's too much wisdom, too much leadership. How's that a thing? Never understood that. Big guys, a big network saying that doesn't make any sense to them. Sign for Lee minimum. Sign for Lee Min to fit in your roster. There's no risk here. There's no risk here. Yeah, but they have 16, 17 forwards. Great. Joe Thornton's 41. Probably could use a game off. Season's going to be condensed a little bit. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And because he wants to come there, why not? I think it's a great move. Great move by them. Uh, let's move on to another story here. And I want to I want to start with this. Don't wait too long to capitalize on your opportunities. Don't wait to cash in on something. If you're going to hesitate, don't hesitate to cash in. If you see an opportunity, take it. Don't wait and hold out for something better to come. Because that's what happened with the Minnesota Wild and Matt Dumba. Athletics Michael Russo writes that the Minnesota Wild are actively trying to move Matt Dumba. They were trying to do it at this year's NHL draft. Deal didn't come in place. There was one, apparently, that they tried to get the Panthers for their first-round pick. Panthers decided, no, we're going to keep it. And, you know, a lot of other deals evidently fell through. He said Vancouver really seemed interested. Calgary made, made sense. There, was, there, were, there were talks of, of Sean Monaghan. Ottawa wasn't interested despite, you know, trying to add, add Matt Dumbug for a couple times. Toronto was a team that they knew was interested. Vegas was the team that was interested. St. Louis was the team that was interested. And think about those three teams, for example. All three teams, Toronto, Vegas, St. Louis, all interested in Matt Dumba, all willing to give up pieces, parts. Toronto moved on and got TJ Brody for nothing. Vegas had to make a trade, but signed Alex Petrangelo, didn't have to give up anything. St. Louis lost Petrangelo, didn't have to trade anything to get Matt Dumba. Signed Tory Krug for nothing. Don't wait too long to capitalize on your opportunities. There were deals talked about with all of those teams I just mentioned. Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, St. Louis, Vegas. You wait too long, the boat's going to pass. You're not going to get the value. By the way, Matt Dumba this past year had a down year. But people were thinking he's going to bounce back. He has another down year in an unorganized, poorly managed team in Minnesota who's getting rid of leaders and players left, right, and center. You just traded your goalie away. Don't wait too long to capitalize on her. You could get a haul back for Matt Dumba. You just locked up Jonas Brodin. He's there for a bit. You've got Jared Spurgeon already. If you wait too long, it's it you might just you might pass you might miss the boat entirely. And I think that's what's happening right now in Minnesota. We'll we'll see what happens because they're still quote unquote patiently waiting on a deal. If because right now Florida's even kind of only the remotely interested team, but Florida's got their own problems right now. You know, they've got Ekblad. They're trying to sign Mackenzie Weger. They're trying to trade him or something. Don't wait too long to capitalize on your opportunities because you might miss the boat as a whole.
Um, and then uh, another story here I want to I talk about here. You know, sometimes in life, you just, you got to know when to throw in the towel. Right? You've been fighting the fight for so long. You've been doing everything on your end. You're a good person. You're in an argument with somebody. Sometimes you just, you got to know when to throw in the towel. And Marc-Andre Fleury appears to have understood and withdrawn himself a little bit and knows that he doesn't have an issue with taking a bit of a backseat to the Vegas Golden Knights goaltending situation after re-signing Robin Leonard. Leonard signed a five-by-five um, five five deal. It's going to pay him $25 million in total. Quick maths. Uh, you know, he came on an interview a little bit earlier on and said, yep, I'm ready to share the net this year. I expect it will be a strange season. There's probably going to be several games in a few days, and um, there will be condensed schedules. He understands that, you know, Leonard was 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 the guy that was brought in to kind of help out with the situation. Um, he was asked, you know, if he's more motivated to reclaim his number one position. And he kind of accepted the team's situation. He goes, yes and no. I want to play for me. I want to have fun. I don't have many years left, and I know that Leonard is, listen to this word, their goalie. I'm more likely to fill holes. They've placed their trust in Leonard. I don't think I can regain my number one spot, but I'm still going to try and fight back for it. We play for the same team. We're looking just to do our jobs. He wants to play, and so do I. We have the same mentality, but there are no bad looks between us. He's a good guy. Hear that word in there? I know that Leonard is their goalie. I feel so bad for Marc-Andre Fleury. All he has done has been the whipping boy everywhere he's went. He was the whipping boy at the World Juniors for Team Canada when they won silver. Lost the gold, however you want to word it. He was the whipping boy for years, despite winning multiple cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was the whipping boy when Matt Murray came along. He was cast aside, given to Vegas, and in year one, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals. He was a big reason. After that year, questions about goaltending came into question. And then Robin Leonard, and then now he's the whipping boy again. This poor dude, like, he is just, he has been on the, on the, he's a fan favorite, but fans can't rally behind him when things are tough. He just threw in the, he threw in the towel. He's like, I'm done. I'm done trying to please everybody. I'm done trying to be the nice guy in situations. Now I understand back when his agent tweeted the picture of him getting stabbed in the back. He's been through this already. He's like, I don't want to be the whipping boy to another goalie. Who, by the way, he's been on like four teams in three years. Robin Leonard. Don't don't believe me? Buffalo Islanders, Chicago, Vegas. In the last three years. By the way, in Pittsburgh, Matt Murray is no longer a goaltender there. Got traded to Ottawa. Because they like Jari better. You don't think Pittsburgh would be like, ah, you know, I, we like Flurry. We'll take him back. I, I, 
I feel so bad for him. He's been the whipping boy forever, and, it, and he is now 35 years of age. He's got two years left in his deal. Yes, he's making a lot of money to be a backup goalie or a 1B goalie. All he wants to do is win. Like, you got to give him that. Like, he still has the heart and desire to go out there and win Stanley Cups after having three of them. Been to a cup finals five times. He's lost once in Pittsburgh and he lost with Vegas. He's he he decided he's like, listen, I I, I gotta throw in the towel. I can't do it anymore. You're trying to please everybody for so long. I hope he gets an opportunity to be a number one somewhere else and just take another run at it. I really do. Because everyone talks about, all his teammates say how great of a teammate he is. Everyone talks about how nice he is, how chipper he is, how great of an individual he is to be around. All he's been is a whipping boy. Don't believe me? Got run out of Pittsburgh. Now he's been relegated to backup duties behind Robin Leonard. A guy who's been on four teams in three years. And I'm not saying that Robin Leonard doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying that Robin Leonard doesn't deserve his money. He clearly outplayed Flurry this past year. But it was like one, it was like one year. Like they brought him in. He was good for a postseason. They're like, ah, you know what? He's our guy. Like they didn't even hesitate. Like, you know how you give your starting goaltender like a little bit of a cushion? It was two years ago that he brought Vegas to the Stanley Cup Finals, game six against Washington. Just I feel for him. He's been the whipping boy, but sometimes you gotta know to throw in the towel. Uh, lastly here, I'm going to go to this. Uh, the World Junior Hockey Championships uh, have been announced. There is a tournament for now. Uh, Hockey Canada did announce that the schedule is up and ready to go. Coverage will once again be beginning on Christmas Day for the first time since 2005, actually, because normally it's on Boxing Day. It's going to have wall-to-wall coverage of all four qualifying games. It's going to have both semis, the finals, you name it. Uh, everything's going to be set and ready to go. Teams have been dispersed into different uh, categories and divisions like they normally are. Uh, 10 teams in this one. Canada's in Group A along with Finland, Germany, Slovakia, and Switzerland. Group B is uh, com- as composed of Austria, Czech Republic, Russia, Sweden, and the United States. This is going to be, I mean, for the time being, it's, it's on for now. We'll see what develops over the next few months. I hope this tournament is a go. Frankly, it's a ton of fun. It's joyous. It gets to put some of the, the best, youngest players on display. Gives them a platform, a national one for basically North America and parts of Europe to see. For now, the, the tournament's on. For now, it's on. I just want to go over Team Canada here. So possible players that could be set to return include number one overall pick, Alexis Lafreniere. Number two overall pick, Quinton Byfield. Top 10 pick in Jamie Drysdale. Connor McMichael, who's a almost 50 point or 50 goal scorer with the London Knights, who's a first round pick of the Washington Capitals. Bowen Byram, who's a first round pick of the Colorado Avalanche. There are, this team is going to be loaded with guys. And that's not even including some of the other younger players that could be coming up. Oh, man. It's so much fun seeing seeing these young players get a chance to be on display and have an opportunity to show themselves. I mean, Nico Dawes was their goaltender as well, who uh, who's drafted in the third round this past year. 
There's some scary repeaters for Team Canada. States has some as well. It's always Canada, U.S., Russia, Sweden are like the, the top four teams that are always in contention. Finland's been getting in there too, and, 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 and forward Capocaco could be going back from the uh, New York Rangers. Give him an opportunity. I think he's still age eligible. Not 100% sure. But, you know, they made this announcement with... I, I think it's strange because the OHL has not is not resuming as of yet. AHL is not playing right now. WHL is not playing right now. They're playing over in Europe, and the NHL doesn't have a designated date to return until probably January 1st. They pegged in December at some point, but it's probably going to be the start of January. I just find it intriguing that they they went ahead and they made this announcement for the tournament. Now, who knows? It, again, like I said earlier, how things progress over the next couple of months if COVID becomes less of a thing, if all of a sudden it's a little bit, you know, it's more okay to go out. It's, you know, we found a vaccine for the virus, but until then we'll see what comes of it. But it'd be really nice if this tournament did come to play because it's always a ton of fun, especially as Canadians. And I understand that, you know, it's, it's been a Canada dominated tournament, but listen, over the past, I want to say 10 years, five, 10 years, it hasn't been. States has won it a bunch of times. Finland's won it. Seen Russia win it. A lot of teams come to play in this tournament. It's become a lot more competitive a tournament. It used to be Canada dominated. I remember there was a stretch where they won it six or seven times straight. Now it's a lot more even. It's a lot more fun too. And uh, we'll we'll just get to some other news and notes from around the league. Uh, Calgary Flames signing forward Andrew Mangiapane to a two-year extension worth $4.85 million. Team announced a a couple of days ago Mangiapane was a restricted free agent. Uh, His new deal carries an AAV of $2.425 million. He's only 24 years of age. His career highs with 17 goals, 15 assists, over 68 games. Uh, was a big contributor in the playoffs too. He had two goals and five points through 10 games. And uh, he was a six round pick back in 2015. Boston Bruins securing defenseman Matt Grizzlick for another four seasons uh, for $3.687 million against the cap. Uh, Grizzlick, who was an RFA as well. Uh, he had a cap at last year of $1.4 million. He collected a career-high 21 points, averaged over 18 minutes of time on ice in 68 games for the Bruins. It's his third full NHL campaign. He's only 26 years of age as well. Good little signing for them and will be a bigger piece, especially considering that Tory Krug is gone. And uh, right now, Zeno Char is not signed to a team. Boston right now at this point only has to sign Jake DeBrusque. He's their last RFA. Uh, so, I mean, decent deal for Boston. He gets them under $4 million, can play a top four role there. Don't hate it whatsoever. And listen, Boston's always good. I feel like Grizzlick's going to come in and do a, a pretty good job there. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers forward Nolan Patrick ex- accepted his one-year qualifying offer worth $874,000, the team announced. He's only 22 years of age, but he missed the entire 2019-2020 season with a migraine disorder. Patrick has recorded 61 points in 145 games through the first couple of seasons. He was the second overall pick in 2017. It's been a tough go for him so far, and it's it's, it's even tougher when you look at some of the names that he was passed, that he was picked ahead of. Mir Heiskanen, Kale McCarr, Elias Patterson, tough names there. Uh, Philadelphia, though, is in a very good spot. They've got a great young team. They've got a great young goaltender. They are going to be an emerging team moving forward. I think it's a good one-year prove-it deal for Norm Patrick. Hopefully he comes back healthy and he's able to kind of uh, reclaim a little bit of why he was so highly touted as the second overall pick in 2017. 
Uh, Arizona Coyotes signing forward to Christian Fisher due to your contract extension as well. It's worth $2 million. Uh, 6'2", 214-pound winger. He had six goals and three assists. We're playing just over 11 minutes time on ice in 56 games against Ari- with Arizona. He is a... Uh, you know, it's, it's another body in there. It's a, a chance for him. that I think he gets a little bit more money than he's probably earned. But, I mean, good for him. Uh, Arizona's probably a team looking to get to the cap floor at this point. They're also still trying to trade Oliver ekman Larson. Well, actually, no, they're not trying to trade Oliver ekman Larson anymore. He didn't make that deadline this past Friday, so he is staying put. But, you know, just a good depth guy for the team. I don't know a whole lot about him, to be honest with you. But, nevertheless, Arizona re, uh, re-signing one of their guys to a, a deal worth $2 million. Colorado Avalanche re-signing forward Tyson Yost to a one-year deal. He's only 22 years of age. He's got eight goals, 23 points in 67 games this past year. He was in the final year of his entry-level deal. I really like Tyson Yost as a player. I remember him when he was um, a couple of years ago when he was first making his his waves into the NHL. He's a great fit there in Colorado. Colorado's so deep at forward, too, and I think he's just a luxury to have at such a pretty decent contract. He was the 10th overall picked in 2016. He's got 32 goals, 40 assists, over 208 career contests. He's still very young. He's only 22 years of age, and he's already got over 200 games under his belt. So good little signing there by the Colorado Avalanche. But uh, for today's episode, that's that's really it. I know I, I'm only really going to try now. There's only really a few topics to get to throughout the course, so I'm trying to divulge a little bit deeper into it, like we said, uh, with Marc-Andre Fleury, Joe Thornton, and the uh, Matt Dumba scenarios over there. Make sure you follow along at Second Thoughts P on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to start reaching out and see if I can get some more guests on this. I've been noticing it's been a lot of me talking, and you know, I try to emulate just the one individual talking. I've seen, I've watched a lot of podcasts. I've listened to a lot of uh, shows before with one person uh, talking and going over things. So that's why I try and emulate. But it's always great when you have guests. I will try. I will attempt to start getting that happening as we uh, move forward here. But make sure you follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts at Second Thoughts Podcast. Thank you so much for episode 16. That's a wrap. Fair, but it came back to Yandel. Drive by Gerard!